0: Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, the Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, we're all alone right now. I've been alone for many years doing my show.
1: It's a very big change for people to be locked in their apartments and houses alone. No outlets. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. I've been working at home for over 15 years. I've had radio studios in all of my homes, all of my dwellings, wherever I am. And uh, it's one of the toughest adjustments a human can make is isolation. Isolation's a killer. Of course, it's not the coronavirus but it's a killer to your brain, your soul, your heart, your mind. Today we're going to talk about, well, morbidity versus mortality. Many of you are confused. We know that the mortality rate of the virus is low. It's rather, it's rather low, pretty low, lower than, than the flu. But that doesn't mean that the uneducated adults have been screaming that it's nothing and now all of a sudden they're making believe they're experts in the field. We're right, they're wrong. We're going to talk about <clears throat> morbidity and what this disease actually do to, does to you. We're going to talk about the boondoggle, the $2 trillion boondoggle. I mean, when you look at what they stuffed in this thing, and I don't mean just Pelosi. She was ugly enough. But what McConnell did with regard <clears throat> to pork barrel spending in Kentucky, his home state, is enough to say, why are not they not all in prison? It's like a group of gangsters just robbed us blind. Who do you think is going to pay for this? I know I'm not supposed to say it. The Senate passed the Bill 96-0, to the $2 trillion stimulus bill. I understand that all of you think it was necessary, and I guess it is. Well, let's see. Americans get $1,200 apiece. Married get $2,400. Uh, how long is that going to last? Till they write another one? And how much of that will go to illegal aliens like Pelosi got for this one? Or to sunscreen companies in Kentucky, like uh, McConnell got for that one. Now, before I continue on the disease and on the stimulus bill, which is astounding to me, I want to say something to you. It's about me and everyone else in talk radio. I'll say it applies to me. But it applies to everyone I've ever listened to in talk radio. But it applies to me as well. You know, sometimes a man is so tied to a righteous cause... He starts to believe he is the cause. That's the most dangerous thing you can do. We are not the cause. Many of us think we're prophets. We're not prophets. Many of us in the media think that we are the cause itself. We're not the cause. We're not prophets. Not at all. Sometimes a man is so tied to a righteous cause, he starts to believe he is the cause. He isn't. The cause is you. You know, it's very cold here in the San Francisco area today. We're in the midst of another cold spell. It makes no sense. From hot, then it got cold and windy. And the leaves have not come in on the trees yet. It's still early in the springtime. And I looked out the window before I went on the air, and I saw two birds on a tree without leaves. They must have come down here on the migration thinking it was springtime. And these poor little things were clinging to the branch the naked branch, and the branch was just swinging in the wind, and one of them almost fell off. I've never seen that happen. And I said, holy God, what a metaphor for my audience. What a metaphor for my audience here in the Savage Nation. We're all like birds clinging to a naked branch in the wind. Some of us are going to fall off that branch, and I don't mean from the disease. I don't know how much of America is prepared psychologically for this isolation, the social isolation. We live in a very, very dynamic social society that's become a socialist society as well as an unsocial society. And I don't know how long people are going to hang on here. And that brings us to the issue of the disease itself. Now Cuomo is backed off from his quarantine where he said, well, maybe I went too far. Cuomo wonders if coronavirus quarantine may have backfired in some cases. Of course it did, idiot. Of course you seized power you didn't have as did the other liberal Democrat fascist governors. The coronavirus is very serious in New York City, but not in upstate New York. It tends to be worse in areas where there's a high population density, where there's a high homeless disease, a homeless epidemic that you and all the other liberal governors let fester. It's festering in uh, cities that are sanctuary cities, by the way, by the way, by the way. But it's not festering in states with low population densities. It's certainly not festering in upstate New York. It's not festering in uh, California, in the reaches where there are farms. It's festering in the city centers of Los Angeles, San Francisco, Of course, sweeping statewide quarantine orders are idiotic, made no sense, destroyed the economy, turned people into prisoners, seized constitutional rights that they didn't have. And uh, now all Cuomo wonders if coronavirus quarantine may have backfired in some cases. Well, I have to open it up to the audience, and I hope I get to your calls. I can't promise I will. I know America's home alone right now, and some of you are listening to this radio show and others probably scanning a dial to hear anything you can about the virus. I know that's what it's like in troubling times. You scan the radio dial, right? You want to hear everything you can. Even though you heard it before, you want to hear it again. Latest news, latest news, latest news, latest news, latest news. Flash, 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 flash. What do you need to know that you don't know? You want to know the science? I can give you that, but you won't hear it anyway. Most of you don't hear a word I say when it comes to that. You got your minds made up, and I can't help you with it. The morbidity rate, I wanted to talk about it. I tried to talk about it a month ago. Went right over the heads of most in the audience. He didn't listen to me. So when I posted last night on my Twitter feed that the mortality rate, the actual mortality rate is rather low, it's 0.1%. And the article I cited is from the New England Journal of Medicine, not from the back of my pants. People said, oh, you backtrack. Oh, didn't you panic everyone a month ago? I said, first of all, no, I didn't panic everyone a month ago. I didn't do that at all. I told you, unlike some, and I'm not here to attack others, but my God, they deserve it. You attack them if you want. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I passionately demanded precaution. I raised awareness. When your favorite talk show hosts were blowing off the virus and say it was nothing, I told you, be, pre- be cautious, be, exert extreme precaution. I told you that. And now I publish an article. I posted an article rather rather, from the New England Journal of Medicine, case fatality rate of just 0.1%, which is about equal to the flu. Oh, that means some of the media stars who never went past high school or a year of basketball playing in college, they were right all along. No, it doesn't mean they were right all along. They didn't know what the hell they were talking about. They still don't. One of them on TV is even going back and selectively cutting up tapes from his TV show to say he never said any of this. It's hard to believe what they can get away with in this world when there's no management at Fox News. None. None whatsoever. But what's the difference? As I said to you, I'm not the cause. I'm one man with one man's opinion, but it's an educated opinion. And if I must repeat it over and over again, you're going to hear it over and over again, because I am the only member of the American media who has a doctorate from the University of California, which includes epidemiology. No one else can say that. So what does it make me an expert? No, but I know what I'm talking about. And the morbidity rate is something I've been talking about for over four weeks now. Don't confuse it with the mortality rate, which is the frequency of death in a given population. People who majored in basketball in college keep saying, oh, oh. Well, it's a low mortality rate. We, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'll smoke a cigar too. <laughs> I'll eat fatty foods. They mean nothing. <laughs> oh, them vitamins. you're just a hippie quack.. <laughs> That's what you want to listen to. You schmendrick you? No, 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 no. This is a devastating disease once you get it. It's wiping people down. Not killing them necessarily. Low case fatality rate, 0.1%. But man, are people getting wiped out from it. And we don't know the recurrence rate. We don't know what they're going to be like in the long term. It's devastating to people when they get it, most of them. And that's what we mean by morbidity, okay? Disease appears in a population. Morbidity is different than mortality. But morbidity rate is the frequency of proportion with which a disease appears in a population, okay? And morbidity itself, the word morbidity refers to your level of health and well-being while mortality is related to your risk of death. And so, as I said to you, Epidemiology 101, we learned morbidity and mortality. In fact, the the, uh, CDC has a weekly publication called Morbidity and Mortality, which we had to read in graduate school. I don't know if they still publish it. And it shows diseases and the rates of morbidity, the rates of mortality. So all of you are reading about the mortality rate and coming to conclusions which are faulty. It's the morbidity rate. So I put that up there, and uh, I start getting tweets from around the country and around the world. And people are saying, You're right. One person said, I'm a nurse. And I got in, I'm so wiped out from it, I can hardly get it. I feel like a truck is on my chest. Is there anybody listening to this program right now who is sick with the disease and strong enough to phone 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282, and explain to the audience what you are hearing, or what you're feeling, rather, what you're going through? Yes or no? Where is America? Everyone's hunkering down, locked in their apartments, locked in their homes, And uh, they don't know which way to turn. They don't know what to believe. They don't know what's true, what's false, how bad it is, where it came from. Did the Chinese develop it in a bioweapons lab and did it escape? They certainly didn't. Let's say that again. Let's deal with the issue. The 400-pound gorilla. Is this a man-made virus? Evidence says yes. Was it released on purpose? I would say 100% no, because China got hit with it first. So So if it came out of one of their labs, I said if it was a mistaken release, it, it it was released by mistake. So Now, it's also one of the most transmissible of all viruses I've ever seen in my lifetime that I've ever studied. I've never seen anything spread so quickly. This is one of the most transmissible of all viruses. Something's wrong with this. Something's wrong with this picture that it's spreading so quickly around the world. But it doesn't matter where it came from. What matters is what are we doing about it? What matters is whether we need to be all locked away like prisoners in our houses by the petty bureaucrats, all of the Captain Kangaroos in the public health service who get to wear a military uniform, all of these petty bureaucrats, the little Captain Kangaroos, the gray mice no one ever heard of, all of the scientists, quote unquote, who told us that global warming was going to kill us in six years. This is the same cadre of scientists who are supposed to believe now. Don't you just love it? For years, we heard of the world's coming to an end in six years because of global warming and the melting of the ice caps. Well, that all was forgotten. Now, the same mentality, the same government scientists are telling us crap, and we're supposed to believe them because they wear a Captain Kangaroo outfit? Not me, not this man. I'll be right back on Michael Savage. The Savage Nation,
0: it's Savage on Demand.
1: Do you have American Home Shield? What is it? Well, if you're a homeowner, you need to listen to me. Because when you own a home, you know that whatever it is, it can happen. It's happened to me. I'm talking about heating going out, refrigerators dying, plumbing bursting, plumbing leaking, refrigerator king you know, it's it's a mess that few of us have the skills or extra cash and to take it on by ourselves. That's where American Home Shield comes in. See they help cover the costs to take care of it, and if they can't fix it, they'll replace it or find another solution. To see all that they cover and save $50 right now, go to ahs.com savage. You got it? ahs.com savage. If American Home Shield can't repair the covered item, they'll replace it or offer an alternative solution. As the nation's largest provider, they've paid more in-home warranty claims than any other company. That's added up to more than $2 billion in the past five years. American Home Shield is America's most preferred home warranty. They cover more than 1.8 million customers. But what do they cover? Up to 21 home systems and appliances. Plus, unlimited electronics coverage for tablets, flat-screen TVs, and more. You heard me. They have a nationwide network of more than 15,000 licensed professional contractors. They can find the right pro in your area to fix your problem. No inspections needed or proof of maintenance required. Coverage is available no matter how old your systems and appliances may be. Helps protect your home and plan for the costs of unexpected repairs. More important now than ever. Fifty dollars off for listeners of this show. Go to ahs.com/savage today to save fifty bucks and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. Ahs.com/savage. That's ahs.com slash savage for $50 off any plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. ahs.com slash savage. All right, listen to me. Please, if you hear nothing else today, listen to me. Again, the mortality rate is rather low from this virus, number one. But. It leaves devastating effects on the human body. How do I know that? Well, I didn't get it from Fox News. I have a friend who will remain anonymous. He's a very famous radiologist, one of the most famous in the world. Here's what he wrote me. Dr. G says, Dear Savage, some people might experience long-term lung damage after they recover from coronavirus and may need to be monitored with a CAT scan. The disease isn't always visible to doctors. 56% of people with the coronavirus test negative on a CAT scan during the first two days. The disease progresses throughout the lungs with time. And at 6 to 12 days, 88% have abnormalities in both lungs. According to a CAT scan, the illness peaks at 9 to 13 days. Roughly at 14 days, things start to improve. And at discharge, most have some lung abnormality. Some patients may take more than 26 days to recover. Severe cases can progress to ARDS, a diffuse lung disease. These cases have a poor prognosis. One Seattle study shows a very high rate of fatality for these patients. This comes from him. 855 400 Savage. Some people might experience long-term lung damage after they recover. Not all, I said some. So although the mortality rate is low, 0.1%, It leaves people devastated, and I want you to understand that, and I think you need to understand as well that there's no reason for a national lockdown. That's why Trump was 100% right not to be panicked into it by the communists who have immediately seized powers they do not have and locked down entire states when they should have locked down, as I have been saying before anyone else in the media Selective quarantine, selective quarantine, selective quarantine, at-risk communities, at-risk communities, at-risk communities. I've said it first, and I'm going to say it over and over again, and I don't give a damn whether I get credit or not. I don't need a halo. I don't need a halo over my head. I don't need a ratings point. I'm telling you, I've been saying this for five weeks. Selective quarantine, Those are the, th- that means the at-risk communities, not the whole damn state these governors jumped the shark on this because they're power-mad, left-wing fanatics. They're not centrist at all. And they recognize what they have done and how it may affect them politically. No other reason are they backtracking like Cuomo. He's not backtracking because he, he saw the light. He's backtracking because he saw that it devastated his popularity. That's all they think about is popularity and votability. Nothing else.
0: Michael Savage, a host like no other. Hey, here's a question. How
1: did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now what does that mean? How is purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, unlike foams. It's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel, so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at-home setup, old mattress removal, you ready? You're gonna love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow, with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. 888 Text S-A-V-A-G-E to eight four eight eight eight. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply.
0: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19.
2: Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast.
1: The lack of disinformation being set out there by so many sides. And I'm from my point of view, I got nothing to gain one way or the other by telling you what I think is true. That's all I'm doing. But it's the most educated guess I can give you. And there is a low fatality rate, yes. But the rate at which the infection spreads is so fast that it's wiping out hospitals, it's wiping out whole communities. you understand what I'm saying to you? People can't breathe. They're going into like, I I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Case fatality rate, very low, 0.1%. But that doesn't mean the disc jockeys posing as talk show hosts uh, were right when they said it's nothing more than a flu. They were lying to you because they were ignorant, and you're still getting ignorant information. The morbidity rate, the morbidity of the people, the long-term effects are what we're talking about. But having said that, let's put it in further perspective. And that is, this wholesale lockdown of the entire state of New York or the entire state of California is insanity. It's one of the most unconstitutional power grabs. Number one, and makes no medical or economic sense. Number two, three, four, five, and six. None whatsoever. But because we have one-party states with no media to even discuss it, no one's saying, "Wait a minute, the upstate communities are at the same at the same risk as, uh, let's say, Brooklyn or Lower Manhattan or the Bowery, or where homeless communities congregate." For example, you're not allowed to say that. I guess. Well, I'm allowed to say it, I guess. Are we not allowed to speak about the truth about this virus on all levels? We're supposed to be quiet now. And then we get to the next thing, the boondoggle, the stimulus plan. Look, if you study it, you can get very sick. It it gets very sick. And so someone wrote this to me. They said, this stimulus, actually, you know, who said it is the guy that Mr. Trump excoriated the uh, libertarian from Louisiana, I believe. Is that where he's from, Jim? Yeah. He was just saying that the stimulus should go straight to the people rather than being funneled through banks and corporations like this bill is doing. Congressman Massey wrote, quote, two trillion divided by one hundred and fifty million workers is about thirteen thousand three hundred thirty three dollars per person. That's much more than the twelve hundred dollars per person check that's authorized. Okay, that's a broad scale sweeping generalization. Because when you bail out a business, you're also bailing out individuals. We can't have all the businesses go under. I mean, let's be clear about it. And to just send $13,000 to every person is not the answer either. So what can I say to you? You know, things happen under crises that happen. Wartime, there's collateral damage. And in this case, collateral damage is both our Constitution and our fiscal sanity. That's all. Go write that one down. The collateral damage to this virus, the collateral damage that I have seen thus far, may be worse than the virus itself. We've lost our constitutional protections. We've lost all fiscal sanity. How did Pelosi get $50 million in there for the Kennedy Center? Can anyone listening to this program tell me why the Kennedy Center needed bailout money? Stimulus money for a virus? I I can give you other examples. She asked for $30 million of refugee resettlement in the middle of all this. Guess what? The Republicans gave her $35 million or more. I don't even know the number. It's bigger than that. It's insanity. The whole thing's crazy. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Again, I want to back off. I, don't, I myself don't want to get overly excited here. I want to go back to my opening statement. Sometimes a man is so tied to a righteous cause, he, he starts to believe he is the cause. And you can hear that all over the radio and TV landscapes. They all think that they're the Messiah. And the more they scream and the more they yell about this, the less they know. And I don't want to be in that crowd because I know an awful lot about what I'm talking about. And I want to tell you again, this is far more devastating to those who get it than you would imagine. But the numbers dying are very low. How's that? Does that work for you? So... In Italy, only 12% of COVID-19 deaths list COVID-19 as a cause, incidentally, in Italy. They may have misdiagnosed it. But here's another one. 10% of COVID patients test positive again. 10% test positive again. Yeah, the mortality rate is closer to the flu. But that doesn't mean the, the basketball player in radio was right. Nor the wallbanger. They were wrong. Uh, mortality rate is close to the flu, but... I keep saying the recurrence rate is very high. The morbidity is very high. Devastating effects in the lungs are very high. So pay attention to the the moving parts here. This is changing because things are are emerging every day, okay? If you go back to the beginning, um, who was it who said she was? Oh, Nancy Pelosi, the genius, the epidemiologist, Dr. Pelosi, Dr. Pelosi, the same genius who held up the whole stimulus bill to make sure there was enough pork in it for her friends. Nancy Pelosi, in February, said that the virus should not stop you from going about your life and it should not stop you from going to Chinatown and go out to eat. And she was seen marching around Grant Avenue here in San Francisco eating dim sum. Whatever happened to that never got reported again by the non-newspaper. But de Blasio, the communist in New York, as you will hear, said the exact same thing. Listen to clip four. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Until we know fully how to handle this virus, we have to assume it'll be with us for a long time. We have to assume it may throw curveballs at us and be in a vigilant state as a city, as a nation, until this crisis is over. How was General Chow's chicken, Bill? Did you enjoy the dim sum, Bill? Let's hope you didn't get a little coronavirus dim sum bill. No, he's a survivor. I'm sure he could kick it off anyway. Certain people are immune to almost anything. That's the truth, by the way. Many of you are will be immune to this virus. Strangely enough, I have a friend. He's 91 now. He's sick from something else, from an accident. A lovely man. Love him. He was in China during the SARS epidemic. He was on business, a businessman. He went there through, during the SARS epidemic. He came out without a sniffle. I was afraid he'd die, came back without a sniffle. He's a resistor, strong as iron. Don't know how it works. Inherent. Not all people are the same. But let me ask you now, please, if you had the disease or have the disease, are you on the line? Do we have any of those right now? I want to hear from them. Georgia, Nick, line eight. Go ahead. You say you had corona? Uh, Yeah, Michael.
2: I've had symptoms for about a week, and I've been in self-isolation, trying to uh, you know play it smart and uh, finally after eight days I decided to go get tested so waiting to hear my results Um, I know the influenza A B were both negative so I guess we'll wait and see if I have for sure but But
1: you don't know if you had it
2: no sir I hopefully know in a few days when my results come back
1: well I hope that you're negative and I thanks for calling but please listen to me I asked you if you have it the call oh you had it pardon me if I'm not munching on something I told you I work from home. I'm under the same stress you are, only more. So I'm eating a little bit. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's not polite. It's not broadcast 101 that you learn in broadcast school. I'm starving here. And in order to do a good show, my brain needs to be fed. So pardon me. Now you're going to ask me what you're eating. I know, I know that's on your mind. That's all you want to know is what I'm eating. I had a call the other day from a very famous man, an actor, um, an anonymous call. And um, as we're talking, he was eating something. You know, he was trying not to make it, but he was eating. So we talked for a good 30 minutes. At the end, he said to me, I'm sorry for eating during. He actually didn't say I'm sorry. He said, I, I enjoyed what I was eating while we were talking. And I said, what was it? He said it was a chicken pot pie from the local market. I, OK, people have to live. This is what happens now. Things are different. Think of us in wartime. It's not really like the Nazis, but, you know, we're in a war here. And the biggest war is isolation. I'm telling you, isolation is the biggest killer here. Many of you are not going to be able to hack this one. I don't know how people are taking it. I don't know what they're doing. Luckily, I'm used to isolation. I'm used to sitting alone in my own house with my own thoughts, working on my radio show every day or working on a book or entertaining myself by watching a movie or working out or taking a quick bike ride. I mean, it's not easy to be alone. It's very hard. This is a very dangerous thing for the American people who are very social. Just going to work. In the beginning, I used to go to the radio station. You know, I celebrated my 26th radio anniversary the other day. I remember the first few years at KSFO in San Francisco. I loved it. I loved it because I had been a writer prior to that, and I worked alone a lot. It was very hard. And then when I wound up in the radio business, I was going down to the studios on Front Street and I found a whole community of people. Some were monsters, real monsters, uh, who tried to set me up to fall, really bad people. One of them went away for 12 years, a little child porn job. Uh, you know, fate worked out for the him boy. Haven't heard from him in a while, but nevertheless, things happened. Then there were some great people. I met some of the nicest people in the world, and I used to look forward to going to work. I love getting in the car. I love driving. I love parking in the garage and the whole thing. I I even met a doorman on the way up. I still see him. He's still around as a guard somewhere, a nice guy. You know, you can meet people if you open your mind at work so they become your community, your village, especially if you're in a corporation of some kind. You work alone? Who's your corporation? You in the mirror? So people are facing something that they've never faced in their life. I can ask you how you're coping with your isolation, but I really don't want to open that one up. We could talk about the disease from a medical point of view, epidemiological point of view. We can talk about the bailout. If you look at the relief that companies got, it's frightening. It's really frightening. Why did NPR get any money? You know, this would have been a time to cut NPR out of it altogether, just cut off all their funding if the Republicans really cared about fiscal fiscal sanity. Sure bail out the worker. Of course bail out small businesses. Of course, help people whose businesses are going to go under. But why are you sending hundreds of millions of dollars to people like the Corporation for Public Broadcasting when they're anti-American and they're uh, pro-international, one-world government? More particularly, they hate Trump. Why didn't he put a line right through the whole budget for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting? Oh, because Madam Pelosi would have vetoed it. So she held it all up. She made sure all of the liars in the media got their money. I'll be back in a minute.
0: The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So who got special
1: deals in the $2 trillion boondoggle? If it went to the worker, if it went to restaurants, businesses that were going to go under, I'd be 1,000% for it. But it didn't. Remember Patrick Leahy of Vermont, Leaky Leahy? That's swine. Leaky Leahy, the swine from Vermont. I don't know how Vermont produces such evil people. It used to be the greatest state in the country. Bernie Sanders and Leahy, gee. Well, guess what Leahy got? It's a small state. Well, the special deal would provide $150 billion for state and local governments. Okay, fine. That's to keep the machinery of local governments running and states. You know, the bureaucrats need to be dipping their beaks, too. But no state, no matter how small, will get less than $1.5 billion. How did that happen? Well, well, Leahy lobbied for it, pushed for language to ensure that Vermont got the same amount of money as California. So the wheels of government in Vermont, which are small wheels that need some oil, they get the same amount of money as a state like California, which has a lot of big wheels. And that's how government works. It's job security for the Senators, job security for the Congress people, and really the American people get screwed. Never forget what I taught you a number of years ago. What is it that I taught you? I said, when both parties seem to be getting along on something, you can be pretty sure that the average American is getting screwed. And today I taught you sometimes a man is so tied to a righteous cause that he starts to believe he is the cause. Myself included, which means I'm not really that person. Get it?
0: The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering The Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage.
1: What we did was we closed everything down. That was our public health strategy. Just close everything. All businesses, all workers, young people, old people, short people, tall people, every school, close everything. If you rethought that or had time to analyze that public health strategy, I don't know that you would say quarantine everyone. I don't even know that that was the best I mean, public health say. policy. Young people you think then me? quarantined with older people. Uh, it's enough already. Probably- He's already finished. Five. It's, it's over. So Cuomo looked in the mirror and saw the inner Mussolini and acted, as did the other liberal governors. They closed the whole states down, and I've been screaming, for how long on this show, selective quarantine, selective, selective, selective? You quarantine the at-risk communities, not the people in upstate New York who were at very low risk. You quarantine people in the risk, risky communities. Do I have to spell them out for you? No one mentioned the word homeless. How? What, for six weeks I've been screaming, round them up, isolate them, give them the treatment they need, don't let them infect the whole city. But, oh, no, 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 you can't go near them. They were the sacred cow. They're, most of them were sick to begin with. They're poor people. They're in the gutter. They practice the most horrible lifestyle imaginable. Most of them use drugs. You would think they're sick to begin with. So who would get the virus more likely, them or an upstate New York dairy farmer? A family of four. Well, it doesn't matter to Cuomo. Lock them all up. Isn't that what he dreamed about all his life, to have this power over everyone's life? Okay, so we're talking about that. We're talking about who got the special deals in the stimulus program. It's disgusting, by the way. Sunscreen company in Kentucky, thanks to Mitch McConnell. A little tiny state of Vermont gets the same amount of money as California to keep the wheels of their local governments running. It's just hard to believe if you look at it. Now, you know, it says the airlines got uh, access to $25 billion in loans and loan guarantees. That's good. What do you want, the airlines to go out of business or just have Aeroflot? I mean, you've got to be realistic about this. You give me the, the job to look at this. Of course the airlines should be bailed out. The airlines use their clout to get tens of billions of dollars in grants and loans. Okay, that's good. I think that's great. And it says the $25 billion in loans and guarantees also applies benefits to eligible businesses, quote, approved to perform inspection, repair, replace, or overhaul services, and ticket agents. So Politico, the left-wing hack group, is saying that's a boondoggle. Why? Why is it a boondoggle? It means that travel agents who book flights will also be able to apply for a piece of the loan. Well, they should. You want every travel agent to go out of business? They're human beings too. Aren't they citizens? Why shouldn't a travel agent be able to apply the same way a restaurant owner should be able to apply so you know you read some of these reports and the bias is inherent you you got to sort through it you got to sort through it all welcome to the savage nation the virus is certainly all that's on everyone's mind the bailout is shocking we'll never get over it and uh, yet the uh, sky is falling crowd is still out there de blasio is screaming half of all new yorkers will get the disease the virus Well, that may be true in New York City. Not half of New York State. So what are you locking up everyone up there in New York State? The dairy farmers. Why? Why are you locking them up? Oh, because you love the power. Well, you don't have the power. Your buddy does. Perry Cuomo's brother there has the power. Or you can go out and enjoy life, as uh, de Blasio said. Go out and uh, have a Chinese meal. Pelosi, the genius. She was marching through Chinatown in February saying, go out and have dim sum. It's all good for you. Very smart people running the country. Really great. Really great people. Now, let's go to Italy for one minute. I, it doesn't really compare to here. But there's a new article out in the New England Journal of Medicine published by uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Robert Redfield, head of the CDC, and Dr. Clifford Lane. So you have to assume it's a double-blinded study or it's valid to a certain extent. And they said in Italy, only 12% of the COVID deaths list COVID-19 as a cause. So what are they trying to say? That the mortality rate is much lower than they originally thought. It's not 1%, it's not 2%, it's 0.1%. So that's good news, right? That's, that's very good news, but that's not the whole story. You understand that? In other words, the total number of Italians who actually died of COVID-19 could be as low as 700. Not the number that was posted, which was very alarming. It was not the thousands and thousands of people who died. They died from related causes or from old age, if you want to put it that way. They died from their chronic comorbidity cases, cancer, heart disease, etc. So when they say that all these people died from the disease, the virus, they're, they're lying to you. That was to alarm you and shut this, turn the nation into a lockdown job. And the new statistics, when analyzed properly, will tell us not to be quite as panicked as we were outside of big, big intense population centers, such as New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Seattle, and other very dense urban centers. They're at the highest risk. Get it? Okay. Now let's go on to the next case here. The phone number here is 855-407-282. You should also know that 10% of patients tested positive again. In other words, they recovered and they still tested positive. That's something you should know as well, meaning the long-term effects are not yet known. And But does I'm going to ask you again, do you think this virus warrants a complete stay-at-home shutdown in the state of California? Or if you're listening to me on the stream in New York, do you think that the entire state of New York should be locked down by Cuomo, the new uh, The new uh, new god of everyone's life? Everyone in New York should be treated the same as those in in lower Manhattan? I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense. Do you think this virus warrants a complete stay-at-home shutdown? Or, as the president is suggesting, should county by county be analyzed and some counties be open to go to work and congregate? Of course they should. Of course they should be allowed to do that. You get it? 855 Let's go to the first caller in this hour, Kentucky Brian, line six. Welcome to the Savage Nation.
2: Thank you, Dr. Savage. It's great to be on your program today. Um, I just have a question for you. Why do you think President Trump is attacking Congressman Massey? I mean, he's a fellow conservative. I, I would just
1: think he should. I don't know. I think Massey shouldn't have been excoriated like that. And I think that he was just doing the right thing by trying to say, wait a minute now, look at all this money and how it's being, you know, dispensed. He's a, he's a true fiscal conservative. That's what I think. Don't you? I, I
2: agree. Well, I just want to say we love you and we love Teddy and keep up the great work.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for calling from Kentucky. Thank you very much. Kentucky, I was there once in my life. It's funny how I was once a, almost, well, I was in all 50 states at one point. I was a national science consultant. Should I just tell family stories now? I'm so tired of the disease. For all of you locked up in your houses, I got to take a poll of the audience. Jim, all of you listening, I need a vote right now. Should I tell you just some stories or you want me to talk about disease, dying, and death? Would you rather hear some stories? I I don't know if I have any new ones from my childhood that you'd like. I have a new one. I do. I do have a new one. But I want to know what you think. Let me entertain you. Let me entertain you just for a few Short minutes here on the Savage Nation. So there's a TV show that I saw the other night on HBO called The Plot Against America. Raise your hand if you've seen it. Most of you don't get the HBO, but some of you do. And I stumbled upon it. It was it was about Newark, New Jersey on the eve of World War II, 1939. Uh, and it's um, set in a Jewish community in Newark, New Jersey. A very orderly, middle-class family. The father's a salesman. They have a rental apartment and a house. It's a mother there with them and two sons. And I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I just saw the title the plot against America. I didn't know. So I start to watch it. And then I see that it's well written. All the lines read like a novel. They're not like normal TV writing. And I say, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. Then I realize as I watch the credits at the end, it was written by Philip Roth. It was based upon a Philip Roth novel, one of America's great novelists. And uh, I said, wow, no wonder. I think his son produced it. Philip Roth's son is one of the producers. So anyway, the longest short is I'm watching this thing. 1939, I wasn't born yet. But in many ways, it reminded me of my childhood. The The whole thing of the family, the close-knit nature of the family, how the sons, the two sons, the 12 and the 10, I didn't have a brother. He, he was uh, not with me. I wish I had a brother to this day. But I don't. I had one, but God took him away from us very young. It's hard growing up with a sibling that doesn't make it, you know? You always wonder what he would have been. Here I am, an older man now. imagine if I had a brother all my life by my side? What a nice world it would have been. Call him up, how you doing? How you doing, Mike? How are you today? How's the family? No, none of that. But anyway, you get, you get used to living alone. You get used to doing a radio show alone. So I watch that show, and I, I just see the family, the orderly dinner table the mother in the house the father going to work you know the whole thing and it brought back it brought back so many beautiful childhood memories you know and i wonder what families are, are living through right now i don't know how they're living through this locked up in a house alone. i hear the divorce rates through the sky in china probably high here too people are probably running out not for a marriage license now for a divorce license uh, are divorces up because now that you're home with with a mate You never really wanted to be with to begin with. How is that working out? Look, it's not because she's bad or you're bad. What it is is you're never meant to be alone this much with each other. That lasts a total of what? The heat, the passion of the original meeting, I've calculated it. Uh, Dr. Savage did this analysis many times for scientific reasons. It lasts maximum, maximum, maximum 30 days. 30 days and that's it. You start with the the single bed and the the soiled sheets. Uh, the next thing you know, it's enough already. you can't sleep. This one tosses, that one tosses, that one gets up, that one watches TV, that one reads. You, you know, I it's enough sex already. Can I go to sleep? So the next thing you do is you you get a uh, you go from the this little bed that you that you have. You don't care where you are. You could be on a floor like a barn animal in the first thirty days. You could be on linoleum. It doesn't matter. Those. Why is my phone ringing in the middle of a soliloquy like this? I hope it's not Mrs. Savage calling. I'll get killed tonight at dinner if she's listening. God, I hope she's busy. God, I hope hope it's her and she's not listening. So you got 30 hot days. Then you go from the single bed and uh, maybe 60 days. You say, why don't we get a twin? You know, let's try a twin, maybe a double bed. Then as time goes on, the kids come along. Maybe you get two beds in the bedroom, you know. The greatest idea was in the, the movies from Europe, the, uh, in the 50s and 60s, the way a European married couple lived. They had two beds in the bedroom with a lamp table between the two of them and a lamp. They didn't lay in the same mattress, one moving and the other moving with the moon and the snoring. Well, what about the snoring? I mean, forget about sex. What about snoring? It can keep you awake all night. But I don't wanna go there. I'm saying so then you go to the double beds, the two then the two beds. Then you go to the kids going you know, grow up, next thing you know, the blink of an eye, they move out, you're alone. So you move into the separate bedroom in the way of all flesh. You know what I'm saying. So I wonder how hard it is now. People are stuck at home, how it's affecting them, what the what the uh the divorce rate's gonna be because of this virus. But I could get very serious now. How many people I know in the restaurant business that were suffering so badly? It's actually heartbreaking. But I don't want to go down that. The, the, I mean, we know that people are going broke. They're never going to come back. Three or four of the restaurants I go to regularly in San Francisco and Marin County, I think will not make it. I don't think they'll be in business. These people have given their lives to providing a service to the community that everyone loves. They wouldn't go there. Wouldn't last a day. Do you know that? Think about that. Politicians provide nothing that people want. We're stuck with them. But a restaurant owner lives and dies by the quality of the service he provides. Do you know that? And so many of them are just out of business now. Why? Why do they have to be locked down? In San Francisco, I could see an argument for an, uh, a, very in, a very dense urban center. But not in every county in the San Francisco area. That is ludicrous. What about upstate California? There's upstate here, too. You got the gold country. You're telling me isolated gold communities should also be locked down? Why? Why? Because they're afraid to discriminate? Sure, that's what it comes down to again. Sure, that's what it comes down to again. This is the Savage Nation. You know, I did a show. I can't believe it. I don't know how long ago. It's probably on one of my podcasts on the filthy Middle Ages, question mark. It was an interesting show. It was from a history uh, magazine that I read. The filthy Middle Ages with a question mark, why medieval people were cleaner than we think. Think about that one. And look how we wound up. Look how we, the most fanatically sanitized nation in the history of the world, wound up. Think about that one. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. All right, I'm taking a few more calls right now on the Savage Nation If you missed any of this show, you can catch it on the podcast later today and listen to it anytime you want, for any amount of time that you want, just so you know who you're listening to. Okay, I want you to hear it from me, because no one else is going to blow my horn. We had over one million downloads last month, over the last 30 days. It's one of the largest podcasts in the nation, with zero publicity. So, you know, if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. I'm not telling you, you have to, you can Arizona Bruce, Line 8, go ahead, please.
0: Hello, Dr. Savage. Uh, Big
1: fan of yours. You're an absolute legend. You're way better than that guy with the butt haircut on Fox News. But I'm asking myself, how can you support Trump now? Now, when he's shown his true communist colors, telling everybody to stay indoors, and and taking people... Oh, wait, no, sir. No, no, Trump, Trump did not... Hey, 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 Bruce, don't put out misinformation. Trump is resisting a national shutdown. You have it backwards. Do I? It looks like martial law and fascism to me. Bruce, Bruce, you're not hearing me. You're just talking. Did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you, Dr. Savage. Wait, wait. You just said, how can I support Trump when he's shutting everything down? He's, He's taking the opposite position. He wants to open the country up county by county. Okay. Yeah, because I wanted to open up a restaurant one day, Mexican-Jewish Fusion, Jafilta Fish Tacos. Now I don't know if I can do that. Very funny. All right, but Trump wants to analyze county by county and not keep the whole nation shut down, Bruce. That's number one. Number two, Newsom is wrong. Cuomo is wrong. They're absolutely exceeding their authority
0: and power. Michael Savage, a host like no other.
1: Yesterday on The Savage Nation, we had Greg Knapp filling in for me. Now, some of you may have missed my calling in to the show right at the beginning where I talked about President Trump picking me to be a member of the Board of Directors of the Presidio Trust. Now, you say, well, what is that? What does it really mean? I'm going to let you hear this again where I explain what it is and how important it is for America. Thank you. President
2: Trump has now announced a very big appointment for dr savage we wanted to bring him in and talk about it dr savage how you doing
1: wow what a day huh i know you want to talk about the the virus and the virus of nancy pelosi (laughs) but uh you, you want to tell him what it is then i'll just fill in and i won't take much of your time greg
2: absolutely yeah president donald j trump has announced the intent to appoint individuals to key administration posts one is dr savage phd of california be a member of the board of directors of the presidio trust so dr savage this is big this is this is right up your alley with environmentalism uh with military there in presidio uh what an honor and how did it all come about and what exactly will you be doing
1: well it's 1191 acres that has been a legacy of uh, the united states of america and for decades i've worked to preserve the earth and what we have all inherited president trump saw the the resume of my environmental background over the last 40 years, and he asked if I would like to serve on the Presidio Trust. Now, uh, he called me about four weeks ago just at the cusp of the COVID breakout, you know, when all hell was breaking loose. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, he said, you know, you live in San Francisco. You're very deeply into conservation. Would you like to serve on this board? I did not apply for it. Didn't ask for it. I was so honored by it, and I said, sure, President Trump, I'd love it. And he said, uh, you got it. And then I said, President Trump, I'll make you proud. He said, I know you will, Michael. Honestly, that's how it happened. It's amazing. It's what, great stuff. It's, people don't know what it They say, what is this kind of honorary appointment? What do you really do? Is it nonsense? Well, I don't think it's nonsense to hold on to a, a legacy piece of land like this that has been handed down to us through the through the generations, and uh, what I hope to do is preserve it along with the other board members. I haven't met the other folks. I don't know what their politics are. I can pretty much tell you in advance that it should be fun, let's put it that way. It's in Nancy Pelosi's backyard. I think she's a bigwig on this uh, deal here. But, you know, in the Presidio, there's a National Memorial Cemetery of fallen military in the Presidio, one of the largest military cemeteries in the United States of America, is Mm -hmm. in that trust. One of the things I hope to do is uh, remind the public of the military significance of this land, because right now most of the buildings have been taken over by progressive organizations. You know, nothing wrong with them, I'm sure they mean well, they're all do-gooders. But, you know, it is a military installation originally going all the way back to the Civil War, and I think we need to remind people of its military roots. So without getting into any more detail, first of all, I want to say I want to thank Donald Trump, President Trump, for in the middle of all of this, you know, doing this. I I just want to say this to the audience. I knew about this a month ago, but I kind of forgot about it, and I certainly didn't pressure anyone for it. I figured it was forgotten, given the epidemic that's raging through the country and the world, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden I was told a press release is coming today. And you know what this reminded me of, Greg? The wheels of government keep turning on, on all levels, no matter what is going on in the world. Yeah. You know, everything else is going on as well. The world has not come to an end. And this will be over. Most of us will survive it. And the world will go on. The birds will still be flying. The fish will still be swimming, Right. And we will still have a world that we inhabit to take care of. I mean, it's as simple as that.
2: And Absolutely, I'm
1: going to be so happy to be able to do that at this phase of my life, I think it's a, a blessing in many ways. A funny uh, line because everyone has a little sense of humor. Greg, a reporter said to me, "Can you give it to me in one line?" She said, "You started with an immigrant and fa- an immigrant's family. You had no connections. Look where you are now." And I said, "She, said, what do you want to say about it?" I said, "Well." From wearing dead man's pants to saving even the ants.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for people that haven't listened long, that's not, that's not even exaggeration there. The Dr. Savage came from a poor family, and he was wearing pants that his dad got from the morgue, right?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know that he got them from the morgue. <laughs> father, you know, owned a kind of small antique store, which also sold used clothing from estate sales. Oh, okay. Poor people. And he would go in and buy a whole estate of the deceased father, you know, man. Sure. Dread going with him because I knew it was coming, which is he, you know, here I am, a 10-year-old kid, and he's holding up pants and showing them to me and saying, look at the fabric on these pants. And I said, <laughs> oh, my God, a <laughs> pair of pants are coming at me.
2: <laughs> You're probably the best-dressed 10-year-old there with the with the suit <laughs> pants from the old man.
1: He would tailor them. They would just cut them off at the knee, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, well, hey, Greg. Yes, sir. Fabric, and it kept me warm in the winter.
2: Hey, what else do you need? Hey, I, I just wanted to say I'm I'm really excited for you. I think for people that want to know more about this by the way the i think it was the washington times did a great piece on it today we've got that linked up at your website Michaelsavage.com, for people to read more about it it goes through a lot of your environmental accolades the books that you've written the degrees that you hold in it uh talks about your relationship with the military and and like you said yeah i'm sure there's a a bunch of far lefties on this board but oh yeah it shouldn't matter when you're talking about national park national memorial uh, that I mean, why should politics come into that, really?
1: They always do. Okay. Yeah. They always do. And you're doing a great job with the audience during this time of my, shall I say, recuperation from a medical event in December. And I want to thank you for being there for myself and the uh, Savage Nation.
2: Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate that very much. Could I just ask you before you run, could I ask you a couple quick ones? I love it. All right. Awesome. Because, you know, when when I'm trying to navigate all this news out here, I know that the average person is trying to do the same thing. And there are estimates and guesses all over the place on things like death rate, which I'm like, well, don't you have to know how many people have it in order to find out a death rate? So it's still kind of guesses. Right. And people people are guessing when's it going to end? When's it back to normal? How do you tell people to navigate all that?
1: Well, we don't know the mortality rate and it varies according to the demographic. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's the age group? The demographics will dictate the mortality rate. We don't know. We don't even know the incidence of the disease yet. And in America, we haven't seen the the peak of the surge. So you can have mortality rates from China that are different than mortality rates from Italy, because the age group, the demographic group that got the illness and uh, recovered or died from it, they're different in those two countries, for example. Right. So we don't know. I mean, we just don't know right now. I do know that you know, see people say, oh, it's really just like a bad cold. I'll get over it. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's a graphic that came out today of the damage it does to the lungs of even a healthy person who gets it. This is a serious illness. And Greg, I think it's much worse than people think it is without panicking everybody. Uh, I think that even though they survive it, last, there's lasting damage to the lungs. Mm. And I think people need to understand why there is this need to separate people up to a certain point, which leads us into the tricky area of how, how long do we shut the country down? Because, yeah, we could all be healthy and not get this disease and then wind up in the streets selling apples, like in the Great Depression. Right. You want that? So, you know, there's a trade-off here, and the president's trying to balance that trade-off of uh, when do you reopen the country? You know, I know people in the restaurant business... Who will not be in business? They've been in business all their lives. That's all they know. They have some of the finest restaurants in San Francisco, Marin County. They're going to be out of business. This is crazy. We can't permit the economy to collapse, Uh, especially when Pelosi stuffed that stimulus bill. I just read that 150 million dollars went to immigration services, meaning God knows, refugee services. They only asked for 100 million. They got 150 million. Would you believe this?
2: That's what I'm worried about, Dr. Savage, is you see that the full text has not come out. Uh, you know, when you uh, spend $2 trillion, there's going to be a lot of stuff jammed in there that has nothing to do with what this should be, which it should be an emergency bill right. to save people like you were talking about. That Those restaurant owners, they did nothing wrong. The government has essentially shut down their business. Right. So shouldn't they get help to keep their business going? That's what it should be about.
1: Right. Not refugee assistance, not all of the middle managers in the social service um, uh, outside agencies that Pelosi seems to love so much. No, I'm very interested in saving the earth and saving the ants. But really, I'd rather save the average American worker first. And that's what we've got to do here. And uh, I know that, the, I mean, that's what the president tried to do. And then Pelosi and Schumer came along, uh, and they came along with their pork barrel uh, spending bill. She held it up again to show you how mean this woman is. She is probably the most hated woman in the United States of America right now. Forget the PR. This woman is probably the most hated woman in the United States of America.
2: I I hope everybody notices. Do you think people uh, notice it, or do you think the media's run cover for her on
1: that? We have no media in San Francisco. We have no newspapers in San Francisco. We have a a party called the Democrat Machine. Like the machines of the past, and they eliminated an opposition party, they eliminated opposition news media, they pretend that there is no opposition to any of their policies, and guess what? We all suffer as a result. We don't yeah. want to live in North Korea, and that's what they've created here. And it's very dangerous for all of the citizens of states that have a, a no newspaper, no debate, and a one-party system, very dangerous for the people to live in a one-party state. So having said that, I see that the president and some of the liberal governors are actually communicating, getting along well on this. I guess that's a good thing, don't you think?
2: Absolutely, yeah, there are some people that are willing to put the politics aside to do it in this very difficult time.
1: Governor Newsom and the president have had good dialogue. For whatever it's worth, that's a good thing in a time of a crisis. But you see this monster come up and block it just because she's a um, whatever she is. I think she's a power mad lunatic who would have blocked it if they gave her 10 times what she was asking for just to assert her power. That's a deadly situation with such a demagogue. But all these words don't mean anything. It's a great day for me. It's a great day for the land of the Presidio. I will do as good a job as any man could do. And I will hope to, again, close this little interview with you, Greg, to help save this great legacy, as people have done on that board for years now. But I also want to remind the public of the military significance of the Presidio of San Francisco.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I've only been there once, Dr. Savage, because um, I live on the opposite coast. But for people who haven't come, what a a great place to – don't miss this if you come to San Francisco –
1: well, you can't miss it, because when you come over the Golden Gate Bridge, let's say from Marin County, or you're going over to Maritou, or Sausalito, or whatever, you are seeing this monster piece of land, and there's 1,191 acres managed by the Presidio Trust, while 300 acres along the coast are managed by the National Park Service, okay? Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that this is a non-profit organization, the Presidio Trust. Non-profit It does not run on taxpayer dollars, and that becomes an indispensable, uh, programmatic issue for the maintenance of this land. It's a big trade-off. I hope to learn a lot when I meet the folks who have been doing it for a while, and I hope to add, and I'll have to say it, a conservative conservationist viewpoint from me, Michael Savage.
0: Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation.
1: Bailout scheme, bailout scheme. So uh, shall we call Mitch McConnell a new name? Shall we call him Suntan Mitch? See, sunscreen is made in Kentucky. He got an awful lot of money for the sunscreen company in Kentucky. This is what they do during a time of crisis. Well, Lay, the, the Vermont uh, left-wing fanatic, made sure that every state, no matter how small, got as much to run their government as uh, whatever state was big. So his state gets $1.5 billion (laughs) the little state of Vermont to keep municipal uh, governments going, state governments going, as same as California. Isn't that great, how the government works? Isn't democracy fabulous? Democracy, it's not creaking at the seams. (laughs) The democracy that we had broke. It's over. Meanwhile, our aircraft carriers uh, have had an outbreak, one of them. One of them has had an now. I was afraid of this in the Navy. I was terrified this would happen. Close quarters, right? USS Roosevelt. Unbelievable. Pentagon has announced a 60-day movement freeze. You know, if you were writing a science fiction novel. Now, I told you I write novels. I'm not writing any currently. I had the three Jack Hatfields in a row. They were good. I don't have the time nor the mind for it. But if I were to write a science fiction novel right now or a suspense novel, it would be about a foreign power that pretends it released a um, novel virus onto the world by accident. And they take a hit in their own country at first. But miraculously, this country that, quote, accidentally released the virus to the world, suddenly the people are back to work within a month and they're better. No one knows how. And uh, the enemy's country, which is the whole world, suddenly their military is incapacitated, The economies are devastated. People can't go to work. There's no money coming in. And the government now becomes a socialist government around the world. It's like a giant communist government throughout the West where the central government dispenses checks to everybody. You know, it's pretty clever if you were to write a novel. But then again, I'm a novel writer, so, you know, I tend to tend towards uh, imaginary things. That's not what really happened. No, that's not how it happened. No, no, no. It didn't happen that way. Now, one congressman stands up and says, wait a minute now, this is a debt bomb. We can't sign this. And I'm sorry, you got ripped to shreds. $2 trillion law passes, no recorded vote. You know there's no recorded vote? We don't know what's in it yet. We know some of the boondoggles. Congressman Massey denied. $2 trillion Corona's bill passed without a recorded vote. Swear to God. On the House floor today, Representative Thomas Massey, Republican Kentucky, requested a recorded vote be taken on the largest stimulus package in history, but it was shot down. They did not want a recorded vote. Okay, my friends, you know how I feel about this. What tomorrow will bring, tomorrow will bring. They're going to go back and dip in again for another stimulus package. And your great-great-great-grandchildren will look back and say, what did my great-great-grandparents do when we lost our country?